Welcome to Homeschool Your Way, the upbeat, open-minded podcast that informs and affirms your choices about your kids' education. We'll provide a buffet of ideas to inspire you to homeschool your way, because your way is the best way. All of the content on the Homeschool Your Way podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical or legal advice. The views expressed by the hosts or guests of the show are not necessarily endorsed by Bookshark. Welcome to another episode of Homeschool Your Way. We're your hosts, Didi and Jimena. Hey guys, we're also known as the Chips and Salsa Ladies from Chips and Salsa Homeschooling. In today's episode, we are so excited to have Lindsay Neural. She is talking to us about homeschooling while working full time. Yes, welcome, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. Well, Lindsay Neural is the owner of Neural Family Media, a mom to six, and the author of Homeschool Hacks, How to Give Your Kid a Great Education Without Losing Your Job or Your Mind. That's awesome. Ooh, I can't wait to hear what Lindsay has to say. And speaking of homeschool hacks, we have a new segment, a homeschool hacks segment. So Lindsay, would you honor us with a homeschool hack? Sure. So um, one of the biggest regrets we have as homeschool parents is buying things we don't use. And so my hack is to simply try before you buy anything. If the publisher doesn't give you a sample, ask for one. A lot of the software comes with free trials and even the textbooks, you can get requests for uh, just a sample digital chapter or worksheets or tests so that you can see if it's a good fit for your kid before you spend a whole bunch of your paycheck on it. That is such great advice. (laughs) Awesome. Yes, I love that. Well, um, if you have a hack for us, friends, and you're listening, we'd love to hear it. So please email us at bookshark.com slash podcast. You can leave a comment there. We'd love to feature it on one of our episodes. All right. So let's get into our interview. And Lindsay, would you tell us about your homeschool journey? Sure. So started with my very first child. We've never had our kids in traditional school school, I guess. I've always been homeschooled. And it just started because we were moving around a lot. And I had a young five-year-old who just wasn't doing really well in daycare. And we thought, you know, let's temporarily just try some workbooks and things at home and see if we can't get her excited about learning. And it just kind of morphed from there. We kept saying, we'll give it another year. We'll give it another year. Um, And she graduated from college yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, having been our homeschool experiment. Congrats. I love how you call it a homeschool experiment because that's exactly what it feels like when you're doing it. (laughs) Yeah, it was just kind of day by day, year by year. And then pretty soon we're like, I don't know that we know how to do anything else. And this is working. Yes, exactly. So cool. And don't fix what's not broken. Right. Well, and you work full time, right? Yes. So um, I run a business um, as doing media and content for companies. Um, I'm also a freelance writer. uh, And it's 60 to 70 hours a week, approximately. My husband supports me in that. We've got the kids working in that, too. And it is, uh, you know, full time, full time, full time. Um, But it's flexible in the sense that I can control some things. And that's kind of how we make the homeschooling and the the business work at the same time. That's amazing. 
I always admire that, that people can do that because it does take a lot of organization. Do you find that it takes a lot of planning and... It, actually, I'm a terrible planner and I think it works better because when we make plans and then those plans get messed up, which last year was a perfect example of just the worst case scenario. If all your plans go out the window, what are you going to do? Um, I feel like not planning too far in advance works better for us when someone gets sick or a client cancels a contract or you know a kid fails a test or whatever it is it's a lot easier to shuffle a week's worth of activities than an entire year. So I try not to plan too far in advance unless, unless it's like a matter of life and death or, or survival, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. Lindsay, how old are all your kids? Um, Well, the oldest is 22. And then the ones that are still at home homeschooling are 17, 15, I'm sorry, just turned 16. So 17, 16, 14, 10 and seven, and all the ones at home, the five are all boys. Ooh, okay. So I'm trying to picture this family dynamic because I can't get my boys to like do their chores and get the laundry like put back into drawers like on a regular basis. (laughs) How do you run your home? Well, it's funny because you the beauty of homeschooling is you really get to know your kids. And so you get to know their little tricks. I I call them their tricks. It's also their gifts and their talents, but um, you also know which ones are going to like press the limits more than the other ones. And so it's true that, you know, you have those kids, you can give them their little assignments or their chores or their tasks, and they'll pretty much do them. That frees you up to handle those ones that kind of need like every hour on the other hour, you know, are you doing your schoolwork or have you done your chores? And those are just the ones that require more attention. You just kind of have to accept um, a certain amount of your parenting is in homeschooling is going to be spent with the the prodding and the the kind of task master master kind of like just are you doing what you need to do? Yeah, that's so good. I, you know, I had something like that happen to me last week. I was pretty overwhelmed because I had all these things I had to do, and it dawned on me like why don't I get my kids to do some of these things? (laughs) Because they were sitting, you know, my son was like on a video game and my daughter was just like on her phone. I'm like, Hey, wait a second. I need, I need help here. And I literally just started saying, okay, I need you to clean up this counter for me because I haven't gotten to it. it. It was nothing that they did, you know, but I was like, I need that just little projects. They took like four or five tasks off my hands. And I felt so accomplished and so much better. And I felt great because they actually weren't on video games or on their phone. And so I was like, I think a lot of times we we just need to refocus the family dynamic, you know, and have them help us. And, and it actually works for everybody's favor, you know, to everybody's favor. So I like that a lot. Mm. I was going to say you empowered your kids. And I don't like that word because it's kind of overused. But it is a perfect example of where maybe they didn't feel like they knew how to step into mom's kitchen and like what was off limits or how do I even start this? So you're kind of inviting them into your world, which is really neat because now they might take the initiative to feel like it's okay for them to be there for other things they want to help with. So that's actually really awesome. Totally. And I think also a lot of times we don't even think about this, but they were so much more relaxed and happy to see me not as stressed. Because I was getting already stressed because I was like, I'm not getting any of these things done and I have to get them done before this time or whatever. And they were like, oh, okay, mom's 
chill now. <laughs> that is also, that also impacts the family dynamic, right? Our mood and our, <laughs> our demeanor. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking that the mom, as mom and homeschool mom, that we are the manager. And I guess sometimes I just get so caught up in my own world that I forget to manage or keep tabs on what everybody's doing. Yeah. It sounds like, Lindsay, really, that you have that at the forefront of your mind. It's, I need reminding every day, but I need to, I just, it's, it's like, let's not get frustrated with the kids for something that, I mean, let's be honest, they're going to try to get the most out of their day. We do it too. Um, And so this is my role. I just have to accept when people say, oh, how do you teach your kids all day long? I'm less of a teacher, more of a superintendent or a manager or an administrator. And if you think about how much administrators get paid in school systems and how hard those jobs are and how much goes on, like it's a huge role. It is is not at all shameful to be like, I spent my whole day administrating (laughs) my child's homeschool because it's a big, big job. Yeah. Exactly. That's how I've been feeling too the last few years that I'm way more of an administrator than a teacher. Yeah. But we, like you said, we manage our homes, you know, so it's just part of life and you just accept that role. Well, what are some of the challenges that you face like with homeschooling and working full time? Well, guilt. I mean, I don't know that there's a parent that doesn't just feel guilt all the time, but then you've got the guilt of Um, you know, people say, how do you not feel like you're failing at homeschooling and also failing at work? I feel like I'm failing at one all the time. If I'm winning at one, then the other one's kind of like, Hey, I'm over here. Pay attention to me. Um, so it's never like in this perfect balance because I think we're really hard on ourselves, number one. And then we're also kind of reacting to what the outside world is saying as like the poster people for, woman-owned business or the poster people for homeschoolers, it's like they're just waiting for us to slip up is what I feel like. Um, And so we have that added pressure, which may or may not be there. Um, I think really the challenge is just to keep things in perspective and not be another enemy in my life that I don't need um, to just give myself, I guess, appropriate kudos when I do things well and to stop comparing. I know we all do it, but that is my biggest challenge is just to stay in my lane, pay attention to what I need to be doing, pay attention to my kids, watch their individual personal growth and celebrate those wins instead of always comparing and and trying to like live this Instagram life that just doesn't exist. Mm. That's so good. It is. And I feel like already, Lindsay, you've given, uh, me so much uh, reality, like reality check. It's not going to look perfect, right? <laughs> and so the idea that you can have it all or do it all, uh, I already know is fake, but you are really such a picture of reality. Like reality is what it is. Um, so my next question here is, what are your thoughts on wanting to do it all? And if that's possible. It is. But you can't do it at the same time. So (laughs) I want to, you know, I want to write a a horror novel and I want to um, travel and I want to learn how to make these little Danish pastries that I keep trying to make. And they just look like dirt, like crumbles every time I make them. And I still want to do them. But like, 
2020 wasn't the year for me and 2021 probably won't be the year for me. Um, it might be when I'm retired, it might be, uh, you know, it, it's not now, so we can do it all, but just maybe not today. You said you wanted to write a horror novel. Yes. Wow. And bake. Yes. <laughs> they go, they go hand in hand, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. No, but I think that is absolutely right. Like, dead on because we, um, we are in this society that you were saying this Instagram life where, you know, we're supposed to do it all. We're supposed to have, you know, a great nutrition exercise life, um, you know, fit body. You also have, uh, you know, the perfect family, the perfect picture opportunities, you know, the perfect career, all this stuff. And it's just, I don't think it's possible all at once, like you were saying. <laughs> um, and we are very big proponents of monotasking, you know, instead of multitasking. I don't know if that's like the right opposite, probably not the right prefix, but, you know, just because so, so many times we are duped into thinking that we can't have all these tasks at the same time and we end up just being a bunch of stress balls but really um the brain is not designed to do that so you have to take it season at a time the right season for it the right even just on your daily tasks right like just keep it simple streamline do one thing at a time I'm not a likable person when I'm doing more than one thing. I've been told that by my husband and I've been told that by my kids. So just by virtue of not being the most horrible person in their life, I need to calm down and just do one thing at a time. Yes. That's such a great perspective because, um, yeah, the reality is we aren't going to do it all perfect all at the same time. So good. Well, we're so excited to pick your brain further, Lindsay, on just what this actually looks like on the daily. And we're going to hear about that in the next segment. But for now, we're going to take a break. So we'll be right back. Bookshark was the best thing I've done for myself and my kids. That's what Dana said. And Tracy says, I definitely regret not starting Bookshark sooner. It has been such a great fit for our family. I couldn't agree more, Jimena. I have loved Bookshark so much. Me too. So friends, if you're wondering how you can jump on this Bookshark bandwagon, well, you can start by heading to bookshark.com. On the Bookshark website, you can request a free print catalog. So fun to browse a real magazine. Yes. Download samples and see scope and sequence charts of what's taught at each level. There's also a blog at bookshark.com slash blog with hundreds of articles written by dozens of authors. The Bookshark site just has so much free information about how to teach your kids at home, whether you use Bookshark or not. Well, here's another example. You can get free unit studies and try out the Bookshark way of literature-based learning at bookshark.com slash freebies. And Dee Dee, you know how much I love unit studies. Me too. The new unit study for 2021 is about volcanoes. Yay! Well, let me share just two more quotes. Jill says, We switched to Bookshark Language Arts this year. This has been the best decision ever. We love how everything ties together. I can't tell you how grateful I am for Bookshark. We are looking forward to adding more subjects next year. And Catherine says, Pulling my kids out of public school and getting Bookshark's full program saved our sanity. It was the best parenting decision we have made. 
We are so much happier now versus the kids staring lifelessly at screens all day. The open and go component and high quality literature for science, history, and language arts is amazing. Yes, and we've seen this ourselves with families that we recommended Bookshark to. Their kids were having such a hard time with distance learning and they made the switch. And they love it. So if you want to see if Bookshark is the best fit for your family, like it has been for these moms, then visit bookshark.com to get that free catalog and then add slash freebies to get free unit studies. Welcome back to the show. In today's episode, we are interviewing Lindsay Neural, and we are talking about homeschooling while working full time. Lindsay is so full of wisdom and we're really enjoying this conversation. Yes, and we can't wait to hear more about what she has to say. But first, she's going to share with us a reflection of the week. So we've been doing this segment where it could be an aha moment, it could be a lesson learned, or a really great quote, or anything that inspired you. And so I can't wait to hear what you have for us, Lindsay. Sure. So I read a lot of Ray Bradbury, um, one of my favorite authors, and he had a quote that just says, um, jump and you will find out how to unfold your wings as you fall. And I think that is homeschooling in like the simplest sense. You can have a plan, but you're you're really not going to know how to do it until you're doing it. Yes. Oh, that's so good. So good. And really, do you ever really learn how to do it? <laughs> like fully? <laughs> we always tell our listeners that it's like, you guys, it changes all the time. Like you're going to be learning constantly. It's just like life. It's no different. Well, we'd love to have a reflection from you. If you have a quote or an aha moment or something that has really inspired you in your homeschool, share it with us. Visit bookshark.com slash podcast and leave a comment. We'd love to feature you on a future episode. Okay, Lindsay. Well, we want you to walk us through what a day in the life in the house of Neural looks like. <laughs> So if there's a day that's kind of consistent um, and things go as planned, which is very few of the days, it would look kind of like uh, me printing off a master sheet for all of the kids that say their goals for the week. Um, So math, get to lesson 14, Latin, get to lesson two, you know, reading 20 minutes a day out of this book. And it's just kind of like these goals for the week. They get put up on the fridge and everybody knows to check them. And then really it's the big kids are kind of just working through the day. Um, I check in and make sure they're doing what they need to do. The younger ones get more hands-on before noon where I sit with them and make sure, you know, because maybe they're not reading at the level where they can do it completely independently. I'm helping with that. Um, We do lunch as a family and then I'm off to my office to work. Um, while they're doing kind of more quiet activities and naps and quiet time for those that are too big to nap. And then we do dinner as a family and then, um, maybe video games. I'll do like Mario Kart with the kids for a little while to just kind of like get in their world. And then I'm back to work again for two or three hours in the evening. And then I have a little time at the end of the day, like maybe 30 minutes of Netflix. It's like kind of what I go for, um, to sit with my husband And then in between all that, it's emails, um, getting back to people, social media, that sort of thing, just kind of fit in 
the spaces that I can. But the big blocks of homeschool time happen in the morning and the big blocks of business time happen in the afternoon and the evening. And that's just kind of how we keep it kind of separated and it it tends to work okay because I'm in this brain for this part of the day and then my other brain for the other part of the day uh, helps kind of keep me um, in a good healthy mental place. Cool. Do you do a lot of um, like computer-based curriculums for the kids or is it workbooks? It is a mix. I have one child who does not learn well uh, via computer at all. So it is Uh, DVD kind of video manipulatives, kind of explaining the math. I come along, make sure he's understood it. And then he does the workbooks and the worksheets. And then I have two other kids that are just, you could put them on videos and software type learning all day long, and they would just be fine. We we try not to do it that way. It just kind of depends on what subjects they're learning, but a lot of it is literature based and reading. So um, I know that, uh, you know, Bookshark actually has a lot of the curriculum that we use, like the math you see, um, the different things like that. So, you know, just looking at that site, you can see kind of the more popular um, and reliable curriculum options. Those are a lot of the ones we use in our house, but it might not be the same for each child. Like we just kind of look at their strengths and, and depending on that, it might take one kid two to three hours to get all their work done. Another kid might kind of have to be breaking it up in chunks and kind of tackling it throughout the day. Um, But it's very personalized to each child. So how do you, like, time-wise find uh, the opportunity to really evaluate what's best for each child and then make the changes necessary? Because I know it's even with each child being different, it still changes as they grow. So how do you you manage that? Honestly... it's, it's kind of like if things are working really well, you don't mess with it, right? If they're excelling and you ask them and they're able to tell you what they're learning and they're excited about the learning and they're writing papers and researching further, that's a sign things are going well. Um, and we probably shouldn't mess with it. But if you have a kid that just hates school, crying, putting it off as much as they can, they don't seem excited about it. I kind of use that more as a cue, even if they're doing well with the grades, um, because I want, I want learning to be fun. So they want to continue doing it. If at any point, it's just the most awful part of their day. That's a really good sign that we need to try something new. So it's not so much an evaluation um, of grades, because a lot of kids can slip through with those great grades and still hate school. I was one of those kids growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to be the thing that keeps them from pursuing interests when they no longer are under my administration. You know, you want them to just keep wanting to learn. So I'm trying to be mindful of that as well. That's a really great perspective because a lot of times, you know, especially like us, we've been, you know, going to traditional school or we went to traditional school. um, You know, we are taught that grades are the the measuring um, standard, but really that's not the case. And and like you said, I love how it's not like you're just letting them school themselves and you're just, you know, checking the boxes, but you're really seeing if they're thriving and if they're learning and interested. Because really, like we've said before, that is the goal in homeschooling is the love of learning to spark that love of learning that just kind of keeps burning all throughout, right? And growing. Um, So that's really great advice. Thanks for that. Lindsay, I know you wrote a book about hacks, What are some tips or hacks that have helped you or kind of help you manage on a day-to-day basis? 
Honestly, I think books and literature, we really, I, I think most homeschoolers really, really prioritize the written word because it's how we give the information to the kids. But also you need to be able to navigate that in the real world. Um, we take every opportunity to put the kids around books, um, let them interact with books, pick their own books, buy their own books, kind of take ownership for their relationship with books beyond just the curriculum. And that's helped us cross a lot of things off the list. We've done reading time at night, every night with the children, whether it's it's 15 minutes or, you know, they want to hear the whole chapter every night since uh, my husband and I had started our family. And we cross a lot of those books that you need to read, you know, those canon books or whatever the curriculum says you need to read. We've crossed them off our list by just reading 15 minutes a night. If you think about how many books you can get read as read alouds, and I know read aloud is really popular with a lot of homeschool groups. Um, it really is a kind of a stress-free way for everyone to enjoy the book. And I'm kind of revisiting a lot of things that I didn't get a chance to read as a kid because, you know, maybe I was reading things I shouldn't have been reading or too much into comics or whatever it was. And so I kind of skipped a lot of the things that might have been a nice addition to my childhood. Yes. Oh, I, I love that about homeschooling is reading all the books that I never read, didn't have interest in reading when I was younger, and enjoying it also with the kids. It's so fun. Well, and I love what you said about just taking 15 minutes because we get so overwhelmed thinking, oh my gosh, there's this whole world of books we want to read and how am I ever going to do it with my schedule, especially if we're working. But the consistency, right, is what makes it, it, before you know it, you've already read a whole book or like you said, you've crossed it off. That's amazing. That's amazing advice because it makes it doable for everybody. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't remember which there was a quote and I have to see who it, where they said any book that's worth reading as a child should be worth reading as an adult. Yeah. So if you can't look back at 30 or 40 and say, you know, look, look at E.B. White and what she did with this pig and the spider. Um, isn't it amazing and beautiful? Like, did your kid really need to read that? Totally. Well, and then there's also the, even the, the shared experience of reading a story together. Like we have an episode about just the joy of reading aloud together as a family. You, those moments are priceless. So even 15 minutes, you know, together doing that, it can be life-changing. Yeah, I know in my, I have four kids and they love reminiscing about their childhood. I'm like, you're still in your childhood, but <laughs> but those are memories that they share together. So they have inside jokes that have to do with a story that we experience together, which is so fun. So Lindsay, okay, I know you're full of hacks. Is there another hack that you'd like to share? Um, well, one quick hack is to avoid the pressure to be too formal with your organization. If the state requires you to like, tell them what you're going to do every second of the day, then by all means be compliant. Um, but I would avoid buying a million dollars worth of really cool planners with stickers and markers, unless that's something you really enjoy, because it's just one more thing that you have to try to find time in the day to do. So really, you know, stick to your personality when it comes to planning and don't feel pressure to like get into the next planning fad um, because fads are sometimes just driven by um, opportunity to sell things. And we already buy too many things as it is um, sometimes as homeschool parents. I couldn't agree more. Yes. 
So when the planners and the stickers and all that stuff first came out, I was so like, oh, I'm so going to do that. Because, you know, I, I thought it was like a time for me to get my creative Jesus on. And, you know, even I got even got Dee Dee into it. And uh, <laughs> I think we enjoyed it, you know. But, I mean, you should look at my planner now. It's like <laughs> all in pencil, bare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Lindsay, so what advice would you give your former self? I would definitely try to make sure that I was asking a wide variety of homeschoolers how they were doing it and what worked for them and not just think that because somebody had been doing it for 20 years or because they had the the oldest children or the most children or the least children, or they live the most places, like try to gravitate towards those people that share my values when I'm seeking out advice. Um, Because sometimes I felt myself stretching to fit into kind of this avatar of what a homeschooler needed to look like and do, um, because that's what I thought was what homeschoolers did. And it just wasn't a good fit for me or my personality or my business lifestyle or our goals. And it caused a lot of just doubt and discomfort, and it kind of kept us from moving ahead and and what I think would have been a better choice. You know, I, I trusted myself as a parent, but I didn't trust myself as an educator. And I wish I just could have gone back and said, it's the same thing. Just go with your gut, know what you know is right for your kids. And if that person who's been homeschooling for 50 years doesn't like the book you're using, it does, doesn't matter. Those, these aren't her children. So... Okay, I've always been pretty against like all the kids going into all kind of extracurricular activities, running around for sports and running around for this and that. And it's not until the kids are in high school that I'm allowing them to play sports. Uh, How do you manage that with five kids at home and working full time? Well, we have a similar rule and it's not really a rule. It's just you know, it has to not, let me put this a better way. We can't allow the pursuits of one child to be the most important thing in the family. So if it's something that a lot of the kids enjoy and they can get a lot out of it, we'll have them do it together because we can do debate on Monday and the kids can go to speech at the same time. And it's something they can do together. Then we're only doing one set of regional tournaments and one set of, you know, it's, it's bigger bang for the buck. Um, if one kid ends up being Olympic track star, well, we'll deal with that, but that hasn't been, been the case yet. We just really have to understand as a family unit, um, one person can't take the investment of all the other family members unless it's something that we all agree on. And, and sports and some of that extracurricular can really feel like that when you're running around and doing all the things. So we as a family just have to sit down and say, look, what do we want to do? Is family vacations more important? Is visiting some of these places more important? Is having grandma come stay for a week more important? You know, what are our family values? And a lot of times extracurricular doesn't line up with that. And if they do, then it has to be something as a family, we all say, this is going to elevate all of us or a a good number of us. And then we'll figure out kind of those that can't participate, what might be something um, so they can be included too. That's so good. Having like a family value be your. Yes. I love that. Well, we are out of time, but Lindsay, it's been such a joy to have you here. We are so excited. I want to read your book. And we want to encourage you 
our listener to pick up a copy of her book, Homeschool Hacks, How to Give Your Kid a Great Education Without Losing Your Job or Your Mind. If you want to get into the details of how she does this, you've already heard how amazing she is and all the awesome hacks she has. So pick up a copy of her book today. Thanks so much, Lindsay, for being with us. Thank you so much. I assume we can get your book on Amazon. Yes, and all the major retailers like Target and Walmart and Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lindsay. This has been a really great conversation. Bye. Thanks for having me. Share this episode with your friends and visit us at bookshark.com slash podcast to leave us a review or a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com podcast to leave your comments. Or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com. <laughs>